Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. We received a prophecy for this church. I know we read it, but I'm going to read it again. Hallelujah. And listen, listen. This is what the Lord has said he wants to do here. He said, I'm about to expand things in your life, that's my life, and church rapidly. You know, I'm glad he said rapidly and not soon. Because the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, I'm coming soon. That was 2,000 years ago. So soon is obviously not tomorrow. But rapidly, I like that word rapidly. I have to bless me. Rapid. Yes, Lord, do it. Do it, Lord, rapidly. Visit us. Hallelujah. I'm going to release healing and miracles, he said. Healing and miracles are going to be released in this church. Why? Because we believe in them, because we're going after them, because we're pursuing them, and we're not giving up until they start flowing rapidly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's what we're after. I'm after it. Praise God. I'm after what God wants for us. I'm after his blessing, but I'm after miracles and healings. I know Jesus is the Savior, and that's the most important thing, but healing and miracles are God's calling card. They draw people like nothing else. Hallelujah. So tonight I want to pray. I just want to talk to you just a little bit uh, about something we already know, but I want to cover it again. I just felt to. I tell, I've been listening to a lot of uh, my favorite preacher, Norville Hayes. I, I, want, to, I want to suggest uh, a video for you. I don't, you may not like Norville. You may not like to listen to him like I do. I just love to listen to him. Like I said before, it's probably a personality thing, but my, my, my spirit just clicks with him because he gets results. You know, it's, it's not theory with him. It's, it's something that, that actually works. And so I want to get around people that, that know how to work things and, show, and they can show me how to do it and I can do it and I can get the same results. Somebody say amen. Praise God. So here's the YouTube video if you want to write it down. Zero two. I don't know why it says zero two, but it does. Zero two Norval Hayes dash speak to your mountain. I'll tell you, he tells it like it is. He just tells it like it is. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about words tonight. The power of your words. You know, God, God said whatever we speak, Whatever we believe in our heart and say with our mouth will come to pass. And that's unfortunate because it's fortunate that it works positively, but it's unfortunate for some because it works also in the negative realm. Whatever you keep saying negatively, whatever you keep confessing over your life will come to pass, whether it's positive or negative. So I want to start tonight in Matthew chapter 12. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12. In verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. I feel like God is saying, you need to decide. You're going to be good for me or against me. You're going to be speaking good or you're going to be speaking evil. For the tree is known by its fruit. How do you know what kind of a tree it is? By the fruit that it produces. 
How do you know the difference between an orange tree and a lemon tree? Because a lemon tree produces lemons. You go by, you say, oh, that's a lemon tree. How do you know that's not an orange tree? Because it's got fruit that's lemons. So we know what's on the inside of that. We know that there's lemon life in that tree because it's producing lemon fruit. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. So it says, you brood of vipers. So Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of his day. You brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak what is good? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart eventually comes out of your mouth. And he said, the good man, out of his good treasure, the good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. And the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I'll tell you that every careless or useless or idle word that people speak, they will give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Boy, I tell you, if we could remember that scripture, we'd watch what we say. You know, the Bible says, what, I tell you that every useless or careless word that people speak, they'll give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words, the Bible says, you will be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. Hallelujah. Uh, in James, in the book of James, chapter 3, talks about the power of our tongue. You know, the Bible says your tongue controls your whole world, controls your whole life. Listen to what it says. It says, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we, till we shall incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. Listen, if anyone does not stumble in, in the King James it says in word, but I mean, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body as well. That's an amazing statement. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, in other words, if you keep speaking the truth and you keep speaking what God says and you keep speaking word and you keep speaking the, what's good, it says you'll, you'll be a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body as well. Now James is going to give us a couple of examples of how little things control big things. And he says, now we put bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us. And we direct the entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue. The tongue is like a bridle, this little bitty bridle that you put in this 1,200-pound horse or whatever he weighs. And he just direct his whole life. And your tongue is like a rudder on a ship. It's just a little part of the ship, but it directs the whole direction of the ship. It controls the whole course of that ship. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. That's an amazing statement. God says that your tongue controls your life. Your tongue controls everything that you have. Hallelujah. So we have to be careful what we say. Life and death, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18. Death, actually, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you love death, you speak death, and death comes. Not necessarily literal death, but bad things, negative things. If you love life, you speak life, and life comes. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 19, verse 14 says, Let the David the psalmist says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Set a guard over my, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, the psalmist said, and keep watch over the door of my lips. I want to turn to one more scripture, and then I want to just share a couple of testimonies with you tonight. I felt to, to do that. Matthew chapter 21. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 21, this is Matthew's uh, reduced, you might say, account of where Jesus cursed the fig tree. It takes several more scriptures in, in Mark's gospel and Luke's, but Matthew kind of has a condensed version. And it's, and, uh, and it's you know, after Jesus cursed the fig tree and it withered, it says in verse 20, Matthew 21, 20. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed that the tree had withered. And they asked, how did this tree, how did this fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said to them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but even if you, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer or believing, you shall receive. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will only do what was done to this fig tree. But even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will be done. If you have faith and do not doubt, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can speak to a mountain and it'll move. If you just speak to it and believe it and keep speaking, that mountain, whatever that mountain, and he's not necessarily talking about a literal mountain. He's talking about something in your life, a physical condition or financial lack or emotional, uh, an emotional distress or torment or something in your life that's, that's negative, that's holding you back. You speak to that thing. And if you'll speak to it boldly, and if you'll speak to it in Jesus' name and not quit, I tell you, eventually, some, eventually God will show up in your life and take care of that thing for you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share a couple of testimonies with you tonight. Some of them you've heard before, but I, this, is, this is what God gave me. So here we go. You know, uh, what, what is the purpose of a testimony? Well, I want, I want to share something. I want to explain something first about a testimony. When someone shares a testimony of something that God did in their life, the point of that, is not for us necessarily to do uh, what they did. In other words, if God tells them to do something and they do it and they gain, we do the same thing. We may not get the same result. Let me, let me give you an example. There was a young man several years ago that had cancer. And he, want, he was believing God for a healing. He was believing God to heal his cancer. So you know what he did? He did what he should do. He started fasting and praying and seeking God. Fasting and praying and seeking God. You know the Bible says, if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. So he was seeking God in prayer and fasting. And he prayed and fasted for, for some period of time. I forget how long it was. But it was some period of time. And God spoke to him. And God said, for the next 30 days, don't put anything in your mouth except what I tell you. And so he did. He was obedient. 
if he only ate what God told and God was giving him very, very healthy, like vegetables and fruits and something, but very, very healthy food. And at the end of that 30 days, his cancer was gone. And so, you know, so he wrote a book. And his book basically was saying, if you follow this diet, you'll be healed of cancer. And I thought, you might, but you might not. Because the reason why it worked for him is because he fasted and prayed and sought God and God spoke. What's going to work for you or what's going to work for me is if I'll seek God with all my heart, probably in fasting and prayer, and have God speak to me and I do what God tells me to do. So what we're supposed to learn from that is that if you seek God with all your heart, he'll speak to you. And if you'll do what he tells you, you'll, you'll gain a victory. Not necessarily to eat the same food. I mean, you, know, you, know, you heard what I'm saying? Not necessarily to exactly do what he did, but to find out from God what's right for you the way he found out from God for himself. And I think in the body of Christ, and I don't mean to be critical, I really don't, but in the body of Christ, I think there's too many times we want someone else to fast and pray and pray and pray and seek God and go out and find the answer and then just do what they did without having to make that kind of a commitment. I want the easy way out. I just want to do what someone else did and get the same result. Well, you might not. And, you know, God, God is no respecter of persons. He'll speak to each one of us, but each one of us has a responsibility to seek God for ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share with you a couple of testimonies from my, from, from, uh, I was going to say pastor. He's not, he's not a pastor. From Norval Hayes. And one of them has to do with his daughter. You've heard this testimony about his, he had a daughter in high school. And his, I don't know what happened, but this man had a daughter in high school and she began having growths all over her body. He described them as, as like a knot, like a bump, and they'd get all dry and they'd crack and they'd split and they'd bleed. And she had over 40 of these growths on her body. They were on her hands, they were on her arms, they were on her legs. And he said she had the ugliest hands and she had the ugliest legs. And he began to pray and seek God. And he said, God, he kept crying out for God to come and to heal his daughter, for God to come and heal his daughter, for God to come. And, and he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. He said, I prayed so much my jaw was sore. I mean, you have to understand this man. He doesn't pray for five minutes. He prays for a few hours at a time. And he sought God for his daughter. And he sought God for his daughter. How long did he pray? He prayed for a little over three years and nothing happened. You know, and I thought when I read that, it's like how many Christians would pray for, for, for more than a week or two? But he prayed for three years, diligently, prayed for three years and nothing happened. And then he kind of, and then he kind of felt like, you know what, this prayer is not working. So I got to find out from God what I'm doing wrong. So he said, I switched my prayer from, seek, from asking God to heal my daughter. I switched it to God, you got to show me what to do. You, gotta, you, you can give me wisdom. I need to know the truth, God. Show me what to do for my daughter. And he began to go after it in that sense and crying out to God for wisdom and truth. And he says, I prayed and prayed. I prayed diligently for, for a few months, for a few months. And finally, after I prayed for a few months, he said, one Sunday evening, I was coming back from church. And he said, I was just walking across my living room, like just walking across my living room. And, all, and just all of a sudden, I was out of my body. I was out of my body, and I was up into heaven with God. 
He said, I've been to heaven before, and I've seen things in heaven, but this time I didn't see anything. It was just me and God. And I stood there in his presence trembling. He said, I tell you, when you stand in the presence of God, there's such a holy awe. He says, it's, it's scary. I mean, you're out of your body, and you're standing before God. And, and God looked at him and, and said this. He said, how long will you put up with those growths on your daughter's body? And he said, he didn't say it real nice and sweet. He said it real strong. How long will you put up with those growths on your daughter's body? And he said, I kind of stood there, kind of dumbfounded, like, he didn't know what to say. He said, it scared me. But God was putting the onus on him. He's saying, how long will you? You've been crying out for me. How long will you put up with Because God put him in authority. He said, you're the head of your house. God spoke to him and said, you're the head of your house. In other words, I've given you authority, and you're asking me to do something. I'm giving you authority to do yourself. I remember a testimony by Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin was a remarkable man of God. He had several times in his life where, the, where Jesus actually appeared to him and conversed with him. One time he said for an hour and a half, Jesus appeared to him and conversed with him for an hour and a half. But one time he said Jesus appeared to him and was talking to him. And in between him and Jesus was this impish little demon just kind of making all this ruckus and this noise. And Kenneth Hagin said, in my mind, in my mind I thought, why doesn't Jesus do something about this? And Jesus, knowing his mind, said, but I've, he quoted to him Luke 10, 19. He said, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be enemies, but I've given you authority. And he realized that he had the authority that Jesus had given it to him, and Jesus wasn't going to do anything. So he said, he commanded, he said that demon, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Get out of here. He said, the little thing just just ran off, and then he could, he could converse with Jesus again. But God had given him authority, and unless he exercised his authority, nothing was going to get done. And sometimes we have to understand, when, when, there's, when there's something that we cannot do and only God can do, he'll do it. But when God's given us the authority to do something, it's up to us to use that authority in, a godly, in the way that God intended. So God spoke to him, and he said, I, I was just flabbergasted. I didn't know what to say. I was kind of hemming and hard. And he says, I'm half scared anyway, being in God's presence, and God's speaking to me real strong. And he's saying, how long will you put up with those growths in your daughter's body? And I said, uh, uh, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. Well, 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 I don't know. And he said, if you, if you will curse this, if you will curse those things in my name and not doubt, they'll die and disappear. If you will curse those things in my name and do not doubt, they'll die and disappear. There's something we have to understand as parents. Parents, as parents, God has given us authority over our children. We have a right to speak into their life. We have a right to speak the word of God over them and, and almost believe for them to a point. Once they, once they get to be adults, God is going to expect them to believe for themselves. But while they're still young and in our house, it, it's up to us as, up, as their parents to speak the word over their lives, to declare what God says over them. And, to, and if, they need it to, if they need healing, to speak that healing into their life in Jesus' name. And so he, he said, 
Yes, Lord, I'll do it. And he went back to the earth. He says, I went back to the earth and I stepped into my body. And you have to listen to him tell it. To me, it's, it's a, I love it. It's a riot. He said, I stepped into my body. And he says, when you just get back from heaven, he said, you're, you're, you're a little bit wild. And I, I was going to go up to my daughter's room and pray for her. And the devil said, her boy, she's up there with her boyfriend. They're just kind of doing something in, in her room. He says, you'll embarrass her. You'll embarrass her if you go up there and say anything. And he thought, well, you stinking devil. You know, I just got back from heaven. God told me to do something. And the devil came immediately to try to stop it, to try to interfere. And he said, but I just, I just ignore him. I went up to her room, and I, her daughter, his, his daughter's name is Zona. He said, I went up to her room, and I said, Zona! And he said, she just, you know, he said, I just been to heaven. And God told me to come up here and curse those ghosts on your body and they'll die and disappear. They'll die and disappear. And she, and he pointed to her boyfriend and said, do you believe that, Bobby? And Bobby's like, oh, yes, sir, Mr. Hayes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, he wasn't about to say no. And, and so he said, I prayed. I prayed hard and I prayed strong. I cursed those, I cursed those ghosts in Jesus' name. I cursed them. I commanded to die. I commanded to die and leave her body. And I commanded to die and leave her body. And I spoke to those things and I cursed them and I walked out and then he said and did they disappear no but God said if I'll do that and not doubt they would so he said for the next next several weeks he said like about 40 days every day I thank God they cursed in Jesus name those things are cursed they're dead in Jesus name they thank you Lord for removing every every growth from my, they cursed in Jesus name I call them cursed in Jesus name I thank you Lord for removing those growths from my daughter's body I praise you and I praised him and I prayed and I, and I refused to doubt I refused to doubt I refused to doubt I refused to doubt and 40 days about just about 40 days later what happened he said, my daughter came home from school one day. She's hanging up some dresses in the closet. She took her dress from the bed and it had been washed or whatever. She took it and she hung it up in the closet. She said, she took another one, she hung it up in the closet. She went back like this and wow! She looked at her hands and her hands had all new skin. All the growths were gone. All the growths on her body, all the growths on her arms, all the growths on her legs, everything was gone. And she had brand new skin, brand new skin. Brand new skin. It was a miracle from God. And you know what? When I read a story like, when I listen to a story like that, it's like, I, God, if I do the same, not exactly the same thing, but if I'm persistent like him, if I'll pray like him, if I'll hang on, if I'll stand, and the Bible says, stand and having all this done, stand. If I'll just be persistent, if I'll be persistent, if I'll be persistent and not quit, if I'll just go after God with all my heart and not quit, I believe we can see the miracles. God wants to do miracles in this church. He wants to do healings and miracles, but we're going to have to go after them. And if we don't see them right away, we're going to have to continue to go after them. And if we don't see them for a while, we're going to continue to go after them. And we're going to continue and continue and continue that that word would come to pass. Because if we don't go after them with all of our heart, that word will never come to pass. And someone will say, oh, that was a false prophet. No, it was probably a very true prophet but it was up to us to do our part to make that happen hallelujah 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 so what is it you need in your life 
What is it you need in your life? You've got to go after it with all your heart and by faith and just speak to that thing in Jesus' name. Speak to it. If you need finances, say, I speak to those. I speak to finances and I command them to come into my life in Jesus' name. I command all lack to go for me. I command the lack to leave my body. I command lack to leave my finances. I thank you, Lord, that you're my provider. I bless you and I praise you, Lord, that you're going to provide for me if I just believe you and confess it in Jesus' name. I tell you, your tongue will control your whole life. It really will. It really will. Can I share one more with you? Hallelujah. I tell you, these are miracles that happen. Miracles and miracles and miracles. Novel Hayes, once again. He was somewhere, I forget the state, it was in North or South Carolina or someplace. And he was preaching at a church. And the pastor's wife, while he was there, the pastor's wife said to him, said to the pastor of the church, he said, why don't you ask Brother Norville to go with you and pray for that young man in our church who's in the hospital. He's, he's dying. And, uh, and so he said, to, yeah, yes, Norville, we, we've got this young man uh, in our church. He's in the hospital, and uh, there's nothing they can do for him. The doctors have totally given up on him. He's just laying in bed, and uh, in fact, they didn't expect him to make it through the night, but he did. He's still alive, and uh, would you go with me and pray for him? He said, okay, I will. Oh, I'll be glad to do that. So they went to the hospital, and they didn't want to let him in the room because he was so sick. He said, nobody can be in that room except this young man's wife. But, but we'll let you in for two minutes because you've come a long way. We'll let you in for two minutes. So he and the pastor went in. They laid, and he said, this young man was barely alive. He said his breathing was uh, sporadic at best. It was very, very, very shallow. In other words, when he would breathe in, he would just like, Just a shallow little breath. And then he wouldn't breathe at all for about 20 or 30 seconds. And you'd think, that's it, he's gone. And then he'd go, ah, and he'd breathe out. And then he wouldn't breathe for 20 or 30 seconds, and you'd think, that's it, he took his last breath. And then he'd start again. And then 20 or 30 seconds later, and that's how he was breathing. He said, we laid our hands on him. He said, he was just near death. We laid our hands on him and prayed. And nothing really happened. We didn't sense a strong anointing. Didn't really sense much of the presence of God. And so after just a couple minutes, he said, you have to leave. You have to leave. And so he, was just, he, turned, he said, I turned around to leave. And the Spirit of God dropped something into my spirit. And I turned around and I said to that guy's wife, I said, little, little darling, he, this is the way the novel talks. He said, little darling, God just spoke to me and said, if you, will, if you will speak over your husband and say, my husband will live and not die. My husband will live and not die. In Jesus' name, my husband will live and not die. He said, if you'll just say that, say that over and over and over again. My husband will live and not die. Now, let's hear you say it. Let's hear you say it, honey. And she, she said, my husband, come on, say it out loud. Say it out loud. She says, my husband will live and not die. My husband will live and not die. Now say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, my husband will live and not die. He said, that young man and laying in that bed, the doctor said they didn't, he didn't have one chance in 10 million to live. Not one. Not one chance in 10 million. They were just waiting for him to die. The doctors weren't even treating him anymore. And she said, if you'll say that, 
Say that my husband will live and not die in Jesus' name. And so he, she said, okay, okay, I'll do that. And they left. He went back to that church about a year later. And a young man came up to me. He said, a young man came up to me and said, uh, excuse me, Brother Noble, can I give you a testimony? He said, yeah, sure. He said, well, a year ago you came to this church and I was in the hospital. You came to pray for me. He said, wow, I didn't even recognize him. He's, he was, looked strong. He looked healthy. He, he didn't look like he was on his deathbed like he did on his deathbed. And I said, what happened to you? And he says, he told me what happened. He said, my, my wife began to say what you said. She began to say, I thank you, Lord. My husband will live and not die in Jesus' name. My husband will live and not die in Jesus' name. My husband will live. In Jesus' name, my husband will live and not die. He said, she said that hundreds and hundreds of times. Hundreds and hundreds, thousands of times. When she got tired, she'd take a break. And she'd just rest for a while. Then she'd start saying it again. If she got hungry, she went and got a little bite to eat. Then she'd come back. Then she'd start up again. My husband will live and not die. In Jesus' name, my husband will live and not die. In the name of Jesus. My husband will live and not die. My husband will live and not die. In Jesus' name. My husband will live and not die. In Jesus' name. And his wife said, after several hours of that, his breathing began to change just a little bit. Just a little bit. His breathing became a little more regular. And after several more hours, his breathing became just a little more regular. And after several more hours, his breathing became a little more regular. And after about a day or so, his breathing was almost normal. Second day, his breathing was almost normal. Within a week, he was out of the hospital, totally healed. Totally healed. Totally healed. And he didn't have one chance in 10 million to live. But he came out of that hospital totally healed. Because the spoken word of God, the word of God was spoken over him. Persistently, continually, in faith, not doubting. Never mind what I see. And it wasn't an instant miracle. It didn't happen. It happened over time. It took a lot of time for it to happen. But I tell you, it works. I'm just, and when I see that, when I see that you can confess God's word over a certain situation and not doubt and confess it and stand on it and confess it and stand on it, I tell you, God's word works, people. God's word works if you will work the word. We have to work the word, but if we'll work it, it works. And we can see the same kind of results that other people are getting. We can see miracles in our lives. We can see God's provision. We can see deliverance. We can see whatever we need if we'll stand on the word of God. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you tonight. Whatever it is you need, find scriptures that fit your situation and just begin to confess them boldly and worship God too. Worship is key. You know, you just say, I thank you. I bless you, Lord. I worship your holy name, O God. I thank you that you are my healer. I thank you that you're a miracle worker. I thank you for working a miracle in our lives, Lord. I thank you for working a miracle in this church. I thank you for signs and wonders. I thank you for healings and miracles in our midst, Lord, in our church. We're going to believe you for them. We're going to claim them in Jesus' name. We're going to declare the word that you've spoken to us. We're going to believe it. We're going to stand on it, and I thank you we're going to see it. We're going to see it manifested. I thank you, Lord. We've, we received a word a few years ago that God wanted to use this church to break the back of cancer in this area, and I've been confessing that over and over. I thank you, God, that, we, that you're going to use us to break the back of cancer in this area in Jesus' name, in this area, not all over the whole world, not all over the still even the state, but just in this area. That's the word. That's what we're standing. Thank you, Lord. We're going to break the back of cancer. I break the back of cancer in this area in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for healing cancers. I thank you, Lord, for removing cancers, for cancers leaving people's bodies in Jesus' name. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the word. Whatever you said, whatever we believe in our heart and say with our mouth will come to pass. If we will believe it in line with your word and speak it with all of our heart in faith, we will see the word work in our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you this works. I'm telling you this works. I'm, this, healing, uh, this healing going on in my body right now in Jesus' name. Healing in my body is going on right now in Jesus' name. Healing in my body is going on right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I stand on your word. I praise you and I, I praise you and I bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.